What is the measure of a man? What does it mean to lead a life well lived? I often thought about those questions, and with the help of John Assetti, I had the opportunity to explore them through John's amazing life. John is spry and vibrant at the age of 93, and I met him after he had published his seventh book at age 92. As I got to know John and his life story, I wanted to share this amazing and inspiring journey, which began in Niagara Falls in the 1930s, to his current life in the hill country of Texas. Overcoming an humiliating childhood incident at age eight, John was the first in his family to go to college, served in the Air Force, became a teacher, a principal, and retired from his first career. In his second career, He and his wife traveled internationally and ended up in Kerrville, Texas, where John began yet another career as an author. Join me on this most fascinating journey from last to first with John Assetti. In the second episode, in your junior high and high school. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back with John Assetti. For another episode, John, as we ended our last episode, you were transitioning from elementary school to junior high school. You told us about the incident that occurred to you in the third grade, and you started to tell us that the kids still remembered it. Were you teased or reminded of it when you went to junior high school, and what happened to you in junior high school? This was probably one of the most significant time in my life where things got pretty rough for me. Having been a middle school student and knowing what it's like to go to the middle school, I, at that time, was not aware. I didn't have the maturity to, to know better. But it was traumatic for me because in seventh and eighth grade, kids began spreading the word around that John Peter's pants. They just got a charge out of it. And I had to learn to cope with that. And I had a very difficult time concentrating on my studies in school from third to sixth grade and including seventh grade. In fact, seventh grade was even worse because the harassment was even worse. And when I got to eighth, when I got to eighth grade, I did eighth grade, but I did very poorly in school, very poorly. I, I found it difficult to listen because I was more worried about if I had to go to the bathroom or not, what should I do? And what if the teacher says, no, am I going to pee my pants again in junior high school? So I was told after I finished eighth grade that my marks were so poor that they were going to fail me. I had to repeat eighth grade. Now, that was the bi- biggest problem that affected me, that I was a failure as a student. I did not pass eighth grade because I wasn't listening. I found it very difficult to listen. I very found it very difficult to do my studies because that, that, that harassment just left an imprint on me that just almost destroyed me. And... I couldn't laugh about it because I got hit from both sides, from the front and from the back. 
And even from good friends, too. That was a problem, from good friends. And that, they were just being funny. And I know that now as an adult, they were being funny. I probably would have done the same thing. So I repeated the eighth grade, and I, I had a very difficult time during the first quarter of eighth grade. But then I noticed something. I was very observant during those years, very observant, and a good listener at that time because, boy, I didn't want to do anything wrong. I already did something wrong. I didn't want to do anything else wrong. And I found out that the harassment was getting less. And I found out that the students in the year ahead of me, when I failed, were on to another school. And so they weren't there to harass me. So things begin to simmer down. And then that's when I found myself. That's when I found myself spending more time listening to my teachers, studying, writing, and making sure that all my work was done to the best of my ability. Even though in the back of my mind, I remember what happened for about four years or five years. And I knew that wouldn't be able to end that overnight. It would take me time to do that. And I tried to cope as best I could with that. John, the repeat of the eighth grade seems like it was a positive experience for you. You started or moved over to high school. Could I ask first the name of the high school you went to and what was ninth grade and then your high school career? High school was Niagara Falls High School and ninth through twelfth. And what was interesting about that, or prior to that, I should mention that on the corner of our street on Walnut Avenue in Niagara Falls, we had a basketball ring up on the telephone pole because a lot of us used to congregate around that after school to play basketball. There wasn't that much traffic. And I wasn't very tall, but man, was I fast. I had some great moves, and I played a lot of basketball from, oh my God, third, fourth, fifth grade, right up to high school. And so in ninth grade, I was, I did pretty good in gym, by the way. I was very athletic, played a lot of baseball. We played, played touch football and basketball, a lot more, lot more basketball, practiced all the time. Lo and behold, the coach of the high school basketball team said, John, I'd like you to be on the all-star ninth grade basketball team. And I looked around because I thought there was another guy named John. And I, and I says, me? He said, yeah. I said, I was somewhat shocked. Someone believed in me for a change. I wasn't being teased anymore. And I'm saying, I must have something in me that I'm doing well. He said, okay. Tomorrow, 3 o'clock after school, be there the gym. Holy mackerel. We played basketball in ninth grade all year long. Won a lot of team, a lot of games, and did real well. And boy, did that boost my self-esteem. But more so what it boosted was my self-confidence. And that was so important to me that I had lost it completely. And I played basketball right through high school, but I would think it was one year they had the all-star team, only in ninth grade. But I was not 
that was not my interest. I was I didn't know what I was interested in at that point. So in tenth grade, I did real well in school. Finished tenth grade fine, and then in eleventh grade, all my buddies played musical instruments, and they said, "John, we need a drummer. Why don't you?" buy some drums and learn to play drums and we can all play together. I said, well, that sounds fascinating. And I explained that to my parents and, yeah, if you want to, you can go down in the basement. We had a finished basement in our house and you can play, practice there if you want. I did, but my God, my parents, what wonderful people. They had to leave the house almost every night because it was so loud. I loved them and thanked them for being so kind. But I had, we had, there were five of us that played. They would come to the house, and two of the fellows were two black kids from the high school. And I saw them reluctant to come to my house. I said, oh, come on, we'll have fun. <coughs> Fine, bring your instruments. Okay. We had a grand time. And boy, we began just a lot of respect to each other because we all enjoyed music. And then some of us went out and played jobs and got paid for it, even in high school, in 12th grade. That was a dream come true. And I played in some of the most beautiful spots, and I played in some of the most dangerous spots. They worried the hell out of me. But, and I'll get, that, get to that in the book, by the way. But uh, finally, I graduated from high school. I finally made it. And I broke that ceiling there. I was the first, first one of my family that graduated from high school. Before we get to your graduation, in our last episode, you told us a really powerful story about how your father helped you to under, learn to understand the value of an education when you wanted to quit work and, excuse me, quit school and go to work. I wanted to ask you, you made clear that you wanted to go back to school, but how did that really impact your scholastic endeavors, and how did that story and that event really stick with you literally up to this day? What's interesting about this, Tom, is that I was never an A student. I was probably a C student. Got average grades, like most people did. You know, the curve, bright students, average students, and then slow students. I was probably a average student. <clears throat> and what was interesting about this is that uh, when, when I went, and I have to say about going, it was my first year in college, which had left the first impact on me. So I have to bring that up, is that when studies got difficult, and I would sit back and say, geez, this is tough, man. Oh, then I would sit in my chair and I'd look up and all of a sudden a cloud appeared. And the only thing I saw was that big pile, of, big pile of rocks that had to be spread out. And I saw that, and I said, John, get your ass working. And ideas began to flow in regard to my work that I had to do in school. It wasn't enough to, for me to continue, but, man, it worked for me. In fact, it worked for me throughout my, my, my career. In my life, when things get tough, no matter what they are, that cloud hits me in the head. It kicks me in the head, back of the head. Remember those rocks, and you'll find it easy. And it was true. 
throughout my first, second, third, and fourth year of college, including during my graduate work. It was it came back to me as an incentive to study hard. The ideas will come if you allow them to come. Don't put up any blinders. And I had more ideas than I can write about because my mind was working in that way. And, and I thank my God, my, my dad, for that because if I hadn't done that, I probably would have never have gotten through college. So let me go back to your high school career. Was there only one high school in the town of Niagara Falls? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. There was a private school, private high school. Catholic school? Yeah. But did you know most of the kids you went to all the way through school with? Yeah. And so when you were in high school, it was kids that you'd either gone to school with or had known pretty much for that K-12 through experience. Yes. But here's what I really want to ask you about. What was it like playing basketball in the 1940s? When you Did you play teams from other towns, other cities, the district like they have now? Oh, yeah, what sure. What was that like, experience like? It was challenging for, for me, primarily because I didn't feel qualified. Again, I had lost my confidence. I was just not, I was just not, I was a late bloomer. And I finally realized that later on in life that things didn't always flow with me because a lot of kids, are, they're ready to go from the beginning. But I was a late bloomer in a lot of things. What's ironic about this, I'm still alive and they've all passed away. You know what I mean? So I find that surprising myself. But it was exciting to do that. And along with the music, we played out of town many times for dances and parties. And it was a different group of people that we were associating with. And they wanted to know all about the musicians, including me. Where'd you go to school? What do you plan to do with your life? People were asking me. I was the star. I didn't think I was a star. <laughs> I talked to these other people. And so that, that flattered me. And it, what it told me when I analyzed it is that if you do something and do it well, you probably will be respected more and probably be, what should I say, it? not only respected, but also appreciated. John, that's a great place to end this episode. I wanted to thank you again. I look forward to continuing your story in our next episode. Thank you, Fred. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this episode one of From Last to First, the John Assetti story. It's been my privilege to work with John on this project. He has used it to jumpstart his autobiography, which will be coming out in the next month or two, and I will certainly let you know when that happens. We've linked to John's author page on Amazon.com in the show notes, so check out some of the great books by John Assetti. From last to first, the John Assetti story is a special production of the Texas Hill Country Podcast Network.